Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 177 of the Department of Offense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlo. Yeah, I'm here. And man. You can hardly see that you're wearing pants, though. I am hardly wearing pants. Yeah. Uh, at least yeah. you're at least you're covered. Yeah, no, I have I have I have all the dangly bits covered, so we're good. Oh, that's good. Um <laughs> That's all we can really ask for. And that's all any of our guests could ever ask for either. <laughs> right? You don't get any more than that. Yeah, that's no, all the why, consideration. Why you would get. you need more than that? I I I literally woke up, showered, put some clean pajamas on. And that was, uh, I was like, ah, I'm staying like this today. This is going to be a pajama day. I need to get a new pair of pajamas before uh, winter really hits. Because I will, otherwise I won't leave my bed at all. <laughs> I got many, Well, you know, Carlos, if you, don't, if you don't turn on the uh, the AC. I took it out of my window last uh, last <laughs> week. Yeah, That's good. <laughs> hey, you got your computer fans. We were supposed to do that this weekend, too, yeah, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, we'll probably do that tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. seems like a good day for that. What do you have off tomorrow? What? No. Oh, okay. I just, I don't want to do it tonight. Oh, okay. And Carlos has off tomorrow. And it's Halloween and all the trick-or-treaters and yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to make sure our light's off tomorrow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to buy some candy, though. I'm going to go. And eat it? Yeah. <laughs> I want, I'm thinking I want a bunch of paydays and Snickers. Mm. I haven't had a payday in so I fucking know. It long. sounds good, though. What about a whatchamacallit? Oh, never, never was a fan. Never was a fan. I don't know what is. I don't think I've ever had one. Uh, or, uh... I'm not feeling Reese's, actually. Yeah, I, no, like... Like, maybe... If Reese's are good, but they're... Like, have you had the big the right ones? Mood. Like, the big cups? Like, the giant, massive no. ones? Like, they're good, but, like, after eating, like... Uh, like, generally, they sell, like, two for, like, a buck fifty, and, like, eating, like, one of those, like... That's a lot. That was good, but I don't want to. Eat you know, what sounds really good is like a salted nut roll or some Twix. Oh, yeah, yeah, like man, I love Twix. Like frozen. I, I think like Snickers is actually one of my favorite yep, candy here. bars. Like it's, ah, see, ah, it's just has it's just all around. It covers all the bases. I mean, it's a solid candy like, bar. Salt, don't get me like, wrong. Don't, like salted nut roll, I would like eat those nonstop. But like a Snicker, like it covers. It has chocolate in there. It just covers all your bases really well. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. And like three musketeers, I find boring. Yeah, I'm yeah. like I don't like the nougat middle or a Milky yeah. Way. I'm not. Well, though I, I read, I read when I was uh, when I was getting my trivia questions together this, uh, <coughs> for this past week. I uh, I read that uh, three musketeers was originally uh, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Oh, like a Neapolitan. Or yeah, something? like a Neapolitan, which is where they got like three musketeers bit from. That sounds really good, actually. I know that I sounds way it, better than the. That sounds just, really bizarre. Just the chocolate nougat yeah. or whatever's in there. Fuck that shit. It's too yeah. sweet. Yeah. That was fun when we got to do my uh, the, your uh, trivia last night. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Friar were way into that. Drunken trivia. It was great. Uh, yeah. And then what? Charleston Chews. Those are real good. Uh, Which one are those? Is that just caramel? No, no, it's uh, it's it's a it's like a it's a nougat of caramel. I was thinking of the sugar daddy. Yeah, sugar daddy's just caramel. Yeah, no, uh, Charleston Chew has a nougat in it, but they have like the vanilla ones and the chocolate ones. I like the chocolate ones. The vanilla ones are eh, but like I just don't think of uh, like I I do really like the salted nut roll, but I don't think of it as a candy bar as much just because it's a bit different. You know what candy I haven't had in ages? Uh, fun dip. It's not very good though. No, it's been so long since you I've have had a it. piece of chalk basically that you're dipping in. Sugar. I see. My problem was I always ate the stick before I was finished, and, and I just, just have all this snort the rest of the sugar right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and the stick was so gross, but it was so good. It at was the same so time. good. When I was a kid, we had like this small, tiny corner, like not corner. It was like run by this old lady. It was like it just she just had like it was like basically it was smaller than this room, like probably a third the size. And it just had a bunch of like random grocery stuff, and there was a lot of candy. So I would like go there and like I would spend all my birthday money throughout the year <laughs> just like, on candy. I would get buy so much stuff there, like <laughs> well, just over a period of time. Like I would never spend much in like one sitting, but like yeah. I think there was one point in time there was a stuff called snake venom. 
that like was yes. like, super, like oh, vile, yeah. yep. super sour, and that was like the bug juice type thing. Yeah. when the venom was really really sour. I would, and I'd all I'd oftentimes get a super what was it like super atomic warheads. Fuck those. Uh, <laughs> I like those. They just tear your part of mo- your mouth, mouth apart. apart for a little bit, and then like you get to like the nice. The venom it came in didn't it come in like a red and green and blue or, or yeah, something? Yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, like it was pretty sour. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, I, like I would get a bunch of candy all the time. It was way, and it was pretty cheap too. Like, I think it was like kind of like it was a weird setup. Like, it, like her house was like was right behind it, and then that was played in the then the small store was in front of her house, and then it, it looked like there used to be a gas station there, like back in like the forties, that it was like uh, taken down. So. Hmm. It was a nice, yeah, nearwood thing, like right by the Sounds park. Nice. And yeah, there's a there was a candy store in uh, Ellsworth at one point that uh, Tyler and I would walk to while we were playing Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, go and get some rock candy. Was that the East End Market? No, no, no. There, it was it was right <laughs> on Main Street, and they had like really good chocolates and stuff. But we always just go get like a pound of rock candy a piece. You know, it's a good thing it wasn't the Eastern Market. That's probably that candy probably would have expired. Well, no, that's ago. all they sell is expired candy. <laughs> No, no, they, I remember I got a Nerf gun there once. Well, I was really excited because it was one of the bow ones where you pull it back. Oh, yeah? It, was, it, was, it wasn't a giant one, but it was a smaller one, and it was pretty cool. And I, like, p- picked it up. There was It was, like, $5, but you know, that $5 is a lot of money to a middle school with no job. Right. <laughs> and uh, it didn't work. Wah. Now, it turns out that uh, on the inside of it, it said, for display purposes only. <laughs> I got a display fl- model. Of a you bow. got the display model. Way to go! And it like broke like pretty quickly after that because because you were mad at it. And they had all sorts of like bizarre tiny toy. Like they had one of the, like you know those like things like you put in water and like, it just expands. And it's kind of like rubbery ice cubes. Oh yeah, they had a fuck ton of those. I was like had, the like, little dinosaur one. Yeah, they had one, and like it, would, it came with like a dinosaur or alien or something that would expand too, and. <clears throat> but you had to make sure you put it in the right vessel because we put one, we put a, like a brontosaurus in a in a glass that was too small for it. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of like crazy. And it just kind of like <laughs> that's horrifying. My that, dad still has a hand in a jar in the basement. Oh my god, they should make ones that are like a fetus. You can put. It- <laughs> Yeah, and then it, you can you can gauge how big the fetus gets every. every you put, week. You put it like a gla- like in like a mason jar and fill it with water and just let it expand and they just put it on your shelf. And then in nine months you got a full baby. And just like just like a couple of like drops of yellow food coloring, so it looks like it's formaldehyde in the. Well, a couple drops of red and uh, put like a label on there. Put like a date. Oh man, <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That is pretty terrifying. What we when we were in Portland, we went into that fucking uh, the fetus exhibit. Oh yeah, that was at it was at the. <laughs> we were waiting for our what were we uh, our for? submarine tour. Our submarine tour. So yeah, they had the we all the free exhibits you could go to or whatever, and one was the they had a fetus from or like every stage of the, the everything, and it's like a real thing. And yeah, it, it was it like was a, a straight up real fetus. And it was nasty. And some of them even had like the vagina and everything on it too, like just chopped in half for the human body. So it's like all just sitting in there. First time I wasn't happy to see a vagina. And there, was, <laughs> there was a bunch of real fetuses, like yeah. They, <laughs> you know, like the body exhibit that came to the science museum. It's kind of like that. Only Did, they were had there all the months. There were there a bunch. Like honestly, as far as horror things, that's actually like the stuff like that. Like it was got really to, weird because what you knew you knew it was real once you saw the fingernails and the hair on them and you're like whoa like the guts and viscera of like the human body. Well, and like, the sign that said caution, real fetus. Yeah, right, right, that too. But <laughs> like if I probably went to the science museum exhibit, that'd probably terrify me. Oh, it was it was horrifying. It gave me nightmares. And there was just was, like little kids running around. And, uh, and not not a clue what the hell they were looking at. You know what? Uh, who, who was that like exercise person? Was that Gene Simmons or something? Not Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. So like he, one of his like uh ad, like there was an ad or something where like the intro to for, for a show once I saw as a kid had like him like in like a bodysuit that was like but it showed all the human muscles that gave me nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it up. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, Richard, what Simmons? Yep. Yeah. Is Richard, he alive Richard anymore? Simmons muscle suit. 
Images. You ready for this, Carlos? Did you find it? I'm sure it's less terrifying if you find it. I, I probably won't find it as terrifying as I did as a four or five year old. That it? Yeah, I think that was it. That is pretty fucking terrifying. And like, you can see like his colon. Yeah. And shit. Like, what the fuck? That's yeah. Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> that looks completely different than what he looks like normally. But yeah, that terrified me as a kid. He's really young there. Are you sure that's not James Vogel? No. No, I don't know who James Vogel is. Okay. <sighs> Pinball oh, tree. Man. I need to get rid of these pajamas. There's holes in them. Yeah, that's <laughs> happened to all my pajamas. They're just they're just they were just shredded and I had just to toss them. Just disappointing. So Carlos, what have you been up to this week? I don't think we actually got into the- Oh wait, no. Shit. I can't do that yet. I got to give a shout out to our patrons first. Our Zach Belt patrons? Yeah. Our Zach Belt patrons, specifically Zach Zablowski. Who the Zach Belt is named for because he's that damn awesome. How do you get that awesome, Casey? Well, so if you want the top tier to be named after you, all you have to do is trump Zach's, Zach's patronage. But if you want to be as awesome as Zach or any of our other patrons, for as little as a dollar a month, you will be awesome. And how does that help the show? Well, uh, it helps us buy beer, keep the lights on, uh... Do all the show things. That sounds great. I know, right? Show so things. they can find that at patreon.com slash blind studio or click on the blind Ninjas, or the patron link at the at the bottom of our homepage at blindnudestudios.com. I hope they like to do that as much as we like shamelessly pandering. We do love to pander. <laughs> so Carlos, what have you been up to this week? Uh not too much. Not too much. Uh I don't think I really accomplished anything this whole week. I know that feeling, man. I just like, did a bunch of reading, and that was it. I, I can't believe it's the end of October already. Like, I where know. the fuck did this year go? I can't believe I get a 1960s Playboy just sitting in front of me all day here. All yeah. the time, every time I come. Right? And it's one of the perks of being in the studio. You hear that potential guest? He gets a little sticker every time Matt leaves the studio. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I let make Matt sit in his own thing, and he has his own little box of tissues there. He's good. Let's see. Uh, this week we, reco- we recorded a sound wave. What was the topic again? Sound Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Horror. Horror stuff, yeah. Jeez, you guys you guys got too excited with this thing and bent the pages in. No, it was like that when I got it. Okay, well, I'm fixing it. Okay, thank you. Miss July. Miss July. Yeah. She's old now. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I know what she looks like now. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so you haven't been up to much? Not really, Just no. Just sound wave and, okay. Yeah. Matt, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Uh, we decorated the bar like crazy for Stranger and Things. And it looked really good. It looked really good. Uh, it wasn't as good, big of a thing as we were hoping, but it was still a lot of fun. I don't know. I Matt, got... you guys were pretty busy all night. Yeah. Past, past, compared to past. Oh, uh, yeah. But I Well, also... it also doesn't help that, like... It falls Halloween's funny. on a Monday, yeah. so nobody's like. Everybody's like, "Well, do I go out Friday or do I go, go out Saturday?" Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But you no, did. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. You came downtown with, with Rick, and that was the first time I think I met Michaela, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I went down with Rick, Spencer, and Michaela, and Spencer left immediately, and disappeared for most of the night. Then he showed up. Yeah, again. he was he was back at Emma's, wasn't he? Yeah, no. Then he showed back up at Emma's, and he was around for like. A half hour, and then he vanished he again. He was pretty drunk. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, he vanished. Then, then he's like, "Hey, I'll be right back." I know. I and was on top of the table at the end vanished. of the night. Yeah, I saw that. I heard. I talked to him this um, morning. Uh, we had lunch, uh, breakfast. That was not lunch. Breakfast. Yes. Yeah, because he was he was on the couch when I got home. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like he got to a point like he knew that if he drank anymore, he was going to vomit. So yeah. He decided to draw a line and just smart man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It was a fun night. It was good. You know what else was exciting last night? Our plumbing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. There's a leak somewhere in the bathroom. It's not the so first. I, it's so like I had to the shut, base of the to- toilet again. Yeah. So I shut off the water oh, okay. and it it stopped it. So or at least it slowed it down. So I got to figure out what's what's going where. It's gonna work. Kind of have to. They, it was, last time they did. I think they didn't do a good fix. They just. I think yeah. they just cocked the bottom of the toilet. It was like good enough. Yeah, that's probably what happened. And yeah, like, no, so I'll call the landlord tomorrow. But yeah. that's not what people want to hear about. No, it's just miserable <laughs> stuff about living in a place. Right? Um, yeah. Hey, we're close what else have you been up to? We did Soundwave. That was Halloween. Yeah. 
and that was fun. I just thought of songs I should be playing because I watched Pet Cemetery this afternoon. Should have put the Ramones Pet Cemetery, and we were talking about Stranger Things during the show. Should have done. Should I stay or should I go? You see, I never saw the. Uh, I never saw Pet Cemetery. It's, so I, I so like I it's saw like, there was a bunch of like Halloween songs that I, and I saw that the Pet Cemetery song from the Ramones was on like a list of Halloween songs mm-hmm. like. But I never cared about Pet Cemetery, so I didn't even bother listening to it. I don't wanna be buried in a pet. I still, I no, I haven't done anything. No, not right. really. I watched Thirty One, new Rob Zombie movie. It's pretty disappointing. Oh, just like Lords of Salem, pretty disappointing. Both are things I've never heard of. It's okay. Yeah, it's about it. Yeah, I uh, I went drinking out in uh, Minneapolis on you crazy Friday boy. night. I know, right? Uh... Met up with my buddy Eric, and we we hit some breweries and stuff. Uh, we hit uh, Wild Wild Minds, uh, which is a, a sour brewery uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, pretty new. They had a taco truck out front, so I had nachos and tacos, and it was amazing. And then I had some good sours. Yeah, your food truck picture you sent me was awesome. I wanted all of it. <laughs> it was so good, just so good. Uh, and then, uh, we went to, then we, like, I don't know, we hit, like, Town Hall Brewing and, uh, a couple of others, I don't really remember, but, yeah, then, uh, I, I ended up, my brother ended up going to a toga party, like, a block and a half, two blocks away from Eric's house, so we ended up walking over there and playing beer pong until the wee hours. Did you fasten a toga out of your jacket? No, I didn't know it was a toga party until we showed up. Wow. Because my brother was really bad at details. God, I want to go. He probably didn't party. want you to show up in the first place. No, he was like, you need to come over. Oh, yeah? yeah, he was drunk. <laughs> uh, Did we have a toga party at Serena's house one year? When I don't she know. lived at that duplex? Maybe. That sounds Ellie about right. I feel like we did. Yeah. They were out for so long last yeah. night, <laughs> Ellie and them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They showed up, and the next thing I know, they're gone. Yeah, they went out back with Serena, and then all of a sudden it was, bye. And I was like, oh, I didn't even say goodbye <laughs> to him. So last night, we walk in... Uh, we, we leave Emma's, and it was me, Rick, and Michaela, and we go to uh, another bar. We, we get ID'd, and we turn the corner to go to the back bar, and as soon as we turn the corner, <laughs> some, some, some girl's being like held up by her friends, and she just projectile vomits all over <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> oh, God. That is a terrible way to... <laughs> so we left. Yeah, that's a terrible way to start the night. And that wasn't even that late. No, either. it was like ten o'clock. Yeah, it was wow. like ten, ten thirty. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was just so. Perfect. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> but yeah. Then uh, <laughs> was she dressed up as anything? The uh, she was she the, was dressed up as uh, oh the the puker. Yeah, I don't know. I would it was like just in slow motion. I just saw. <laughs> Why didn't Rick just jump in front and of her? Like, she wasn't. She didn't even try to stop it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people like grab their hands or whatever. Not even trying to stop. Well, it. she was being carried <laughs> out. The wasn't she like by her arms? Yeah. Then? yeah. So, but yeah, I yeah, know it was. It was funny. <laughs> oh, God, so pl- I think this is where Donald Trump got his mannerisms towards women. Oh, right from here. Playboy? Yeah, there's this picture of this rich, sleazy office guy, and uh, she's lifting up a girl's pants, and it says, why can't you just ask me what day it is? Because her her underwear says Friday on it. So he always lifts up her skirt to look at it. <laughs> Donald Trump's book right here. Just grab that life, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> grab it by the hands. Nope. Yep, right by the hands. Just grabbing yep. Friday right there. Just grabbing Friday. Just grab Friday. All right. Well, should we uh, should we talk about some beer? Let's get some beer going. Dude, I could finish this beer I'm drinking first, I guess. Okay, you could do that. I will open this one, pour myself some, and then hand it on, and then talk about it. Trying to go through some of the beer that we have in our fridge. Yeah, and, I mean, we, we there's only a little bit there. And so. all the beer that's not in our fridge, and all the oh, is this a pumpkin? We have kegs of beer. Yeah, yeah. Last pumpkin beer of the year for me, and right, yep, it's that's only be- all I'm taking. Yep. Did uh, Pete make a milk stuff this year? That stinks. No, he has not. Because um, I was going to do that. I was like, oh, Pete's going to make one. Yeah. So no, I this is this is one that Rick bought uh, for Madeline and then left. And I was like, well, we need a beer so for So this show. has been warm and cold and warm and cold? Yeah, it'll be fine. All right, so this is a uh, this is Headless Heron uh, from Central Waters Smells Brewing there. Company. It's a pumpkin ale. 
Uh, comes in at eight and a half percent. Generously spiced with nutmeg, cinnamon, ginger, and cloves, this barrel-aged pumpkin spice ale overflows with dark fruit, dried fruit, and hints of bourbon. Perfect for settling in to watch a few leaves fall to the ground. And those trees die. All right, so this off the smell, I gotta say no. Yeah, I, I just pumpkin. I just want to just puke like with this. That yeah. is not what you want beer to smell like. Hmm. It's not bad. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it's super spicy. Like there's soup. There's the the aroma is just overthrown yep. with uh, way too many spices. Yeah, kind of tastes like my Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Yeah, I can see that. Ooh. Popa-Cola pumpkin. Popa-Cola pumpkin. I don't think we needed all that nutmeg, cinnamon, ginger, and cloves in there. That's a a bit much. Yep. Um, So what do you think, Carlos? I... I don't think I like this too much. Like, as I said, like, it's way too spiced. Uh, The smell isn't... Like, it's just too overpowering. Taste-wise, like, actually, like... It doesn't overpower your taste buds too much. Mm-hmm. Like I can definitely get the cinnamons and the cloves in the taste, but I don't know. I'm actually it's so overpowered spices. I don't think I'm getting any pumpkin at all. Mm-hmm. Like the not, aftertaste a little bit, but that's well, what I've it. what I've found with a lot of uh, pumpkin beers is people don't like the pumpkin itself doesn't really have a super strong oh, flavor. Yeah. So everyone just. Uh, when they when they think pumpkin, they think of those pumpkin spices, and so it always just seems really nutmeg heavy. Yeah, yeah. and blah, nutmeg. Mm. Matt, I, what do you think? I don't like anything about this beer. Yeah, I get grossed out with flavored beers to begin with, and this yeah. one's really gross. I can actually stand to sip on some pumpkin sometime, but you know, it might be a little bit better if I had like a bowl of like salted pumpkin seeds. <laughs> hey, there you go. Like I actually think that might like just uh, having something salty, really salty to snack with it might yeah. help the taste, like uh, help a little bit. I do taste like cinnamon in there a little bit, yeah. nutmeg. Yeah. yeah, the the aroma is just so overpowering; it's hard to taste anything. It's like, yeah, it's like a sour kind of pumpkin smell to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, the spices are overpowering. There's a hint of there. You can get like a little hint of the bourbon in there, but not much. Like, it's just overwhelmingly spicy. All right, Carlos, give her a number here. Actually, no. I. What do you think the beer advocate score is on this? It's going to be higher than what I say. It's probably a nine. I think they're going to give it a seven and a half. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Nope. Four and a half. Way too spicy. I think they're going to say 85 to 90, and then I'm going to say a two. Uh, they say 91. Yep. Wow. And I'm going to say... A four, like I'm just not not a like. Our problem could be that it was warm and cold and warm. Yeah, and cold. no, yeah, it could definitely be our fault and not. Uh, central waters. Like, you see, it doesn't. Beers. Central waters is really. But solid. you see, like it doesn't taste ruined. It just tastes like it's overly spiced. Yeah, it just yeah. tastes. Bl- and it could be because we're at the end of the pumpkin season, and so we're just sick and tired of this yeah, shit. Right. You see, I haven't, I haven't actually touched pumpkin at all this season, so. Well, I had I had my one pumpkin beer at Pitchfork, and that is that is my pumpkin season. Eh, and so I did have. I'm at the end of it. I don't. I think it, they'd probably be helped if they cut like the spices in like half or by a, or or to like a third of what it is. So yeah, a creamy screwdriver, six ounces of orange juice, yolk of one small egg, and two ounces of vodka, ice, and sugar. Sounds gross. Yeah. Don't need the egg in there. <laughs> At all. Well, I mean, 60s. And now the Department of Offense presents News with Casey. That's me. Start getting rid of that fucking shit. Goddamn banjos. Donnie Wahlberg just had his biggest record in 25 years, but it's for selfies, not songs. <laughs> Wahlberg set a record for most selfies in three minutes which, by posing. Which Wahlberg? What? Which Wahlberg? Donnie. Oh. Uh, by posing for 122 of them while on board the new Kids on the Block cruise in Cozumel, Mexico. Guinness announced in a news release. In the process, Wahlberg, who currently stars on the CBS series Blue Bloods, broke the old record of 119 set by members of Aruba, a company in Singapore. So, he did that 
and you sh- I, I'm going not. I'm not gonna lie. I thought like it was gonna be some sort of criminal record. <laughs> so, I guess that's good for him then. It's it wasn't a criminal record that he right. Made. You broke, <laughs> fucking Donnie Wahlberg. Hey, you never knows. What do you mean you never know? Mark Wahlberg didn't, doesn't have the greatest past. Oh no no no! Marky Mark doesn't. Marky Mark is a bad boy. Yeah. Police in Portland, Maine, arrested a man on Monday for blocking traffic while dressed as a tree. Asher Woodworth was charged with obstructing a public way after he was spotted standing in the middle of an intersection covered in tree limbs. Witnesses said the 30-year-old covered in or, uh, the 30-year-old Woodworth slowly crossed the street uh, and blocked traffic before police stopped him. Officers warned Woodworth to stay out of the intersection while lifting branches off his face to get a better look at the tree-shaded suspect. When Woodworth refused to speak, one of the officers told him, I'll accept your silence as you understand. The officers told him he was free to go as long as he stayed out of the roads. But when he was arrested, Woodworth's alleged motive may have you stumped. Police said he told them he wanted to see how people would react to his performance and how it, how it would impact people's natural choreography. Dressed as a goddamn tree. <laughs> Maybe people should have just walked up to him and punched him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer right there. And then he would have known the proper response to something. Yeah, he would have. That would have been good. That's how people should react to any situation where they don't know what to do. You just punch it? Yes. That is a terrible idea. It's evolution. That's how we got this far. Punching stuff. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. <laughs> a car scrapyard uh, owner in eastern Spain is taking no more bull from burglars. Emilio uh, Cervero has recruited two fighting bulls to protect his business in Montserrat, 17 miles south uh, southwest of Valencia, uh, following a spate of seven break-ins uh, since the beginning of summer. The bulls can roam around freely in the yard, and let's hope they do their job, he told uh, the local TV channel. All I am trying to do is protect my property. Cervero says the... The burglaries began after the provincial government sequestered part of his land for a new roundabout and replaced what had been a secure wall with a flimsy wire fence. The thieves would cut the wire and lure his guard dogs outside the yard before sneaking in and stealing whatever they wanted. Severo says the value of the stolen goods, such as a rear-view mirror, a light, or a spare wheel, wasn't substantial, but the repeated raids caused him major inconvenience. and cost the lives of four of his guard dogs, which escaped from his compound through the fence and ended up being struck by cars out in the road. Severo wants to build a replacement wall, but he says it's he's at an impasse with the authorities, who ruled the wall must be constructed at least 82 feet from the boundary fence, which would mean him losing another large chunk of his land. So now he has guard bulls instead. I was really, really hoping that his store was a uh, china shop. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Have some bulls in the china shop. I mean, that's that'd be great. It would be amazing. It'd be poetic. That's that's a word for it. Yeah, poetic. Forget outstanding warrants. This guy has an outstanding appetite. The suspect in an Arizona car chase took an unexpected detour on Wednesday, stopping at the drive-through of an In-N-Out Burger as he attempted to elude authorities. Deputies in Phoenix attempted to arrest 35-year-old Joshua Adkins, who had an outstanding warrant. Police, hungry for justice, say they began tracking Adkins with a helicopter after he failed to comply with authorities. Unfortunately for Adkins, the food was not fast enough. Helicopter footage shows Adkins appear to order a meal, only to drive away empty-handed. <laughs> Police eventually arrested Adkins on suspicion of, un- <laughs> of unlawful flight from law enforcement, uh, aggravated assault, uh, domestic violence, and unlawful imprisonment. They're just a real upstanding dude. So he drove away without his food, though. Yep. That serves him right. You can't order fast food during a police chase. Well, you can. I mean, you knew he was going to get caught, so he wanted one last Big Mac. Well, it's In and Out, man. Oh, well, well if he probably did, getting it monster well, animal like, style. Those fries are good. But so, yeah. it, what was his original offense? Uh, domestic violence. So and unlawful imprisonment, which sounds like he kidnapped somebody. Oh. Yeah. Like, he doesn't sound like a nice dude. Well, I was wondering, like, if it, if it wasn't too bad, he could have gone out on bail and then gone to McDonald's or Taco right. Bell. All right. So, uh, for our discussion topic for today, uh, last year we did this and it was a lot of fun. Uh, this year, uh, So, we're going to do it again. Uh, we are going to uh, just read some scary stories, or I guess, not, not necessarily scary, but horror-esque. Should I kill some of these lights in this house? 
Uh, no, that's fine. No, oh, I mean, it set the mood for the horror. We don't need to set the mood. Maybe hide the Playboy from Matt. No. His boner is scary enough for all of us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So, Carlos, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I could. Uh, I could start us off. All right. What are you reading? Uh, this one's a little long, but, but uh, still, I can still finish it pretty quickly. I think. That's fine. Uh, this is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. And I was going to read the reanimator, uh, but like just a, one chapter out of it because it's like five chapters. But unfortunately, uh, I, I don't know. You don't like it's It's actually like a reanimator is actually the closest. Like it's actually the Herbert West. I mean, the, the reanimator is like a classic cult film. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, it was based on his uh, work, the reanimator. Okay. And it's good. Uh, or I've heard it's good. It's a cult classic. Yeah, it is good. Uh but uh, his book is basically that story that he wrote is about as close to comedy as he gets. Like, just there's just a lot of things, but I could, I just, you miss out a lot of it just with one chapter. So I said to go instead with The Statement of Randolph Carter by H.P. Lovecraft. Now, if you ever have heard or listened to somebody read H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, he has a lot of words to describe a lot of stuff. So I'm going to try to put some water in my mouth before I try to. Read this. So you're going to gargle read it? Is that what's going to happen here? Got to wet my tongue before I do this, because that beer wasn't going to help. No, that's true. All right, so the statement of of, uh, Randolph Carter. I repeat to you, gentlemen, that your inquisition is fruitless. Detain me here forever, if you will. Confine or execute me if you must have a victim to propitiate the illusion you call justice, but I can say no more than I have already said. Everything that I can remember, I have told with perfect candor. Nothing has been distorted or concealed, and if anything remains vague, it is only because of the dark cloud which has come over my mind, that cloud and the nebulous nature of horrors which brought it upon me. Again, I say, I do not know what has become of Harley Warren, though I think, almost hope, that he is in peaceful oblivion, if there be anywhere so blessed a thing. It is true that I have for five years been his closest friend and a partial sharer of his terrible researches into the unknown. I will not deny that my memory is uncertain and indistinct, that this witness of yours may have seen us together, as he says, on the Gainesville Pike, walking toward Big Cypress Swamp at half past eleven on that awful night. That we bore electric lanterns, spades, and a curious coil of wire with attached instruments, I will even affirm. For these things all played a part in the single hideous scene which remains burned into my shaken recollection. But of what followed, and of the reason I was found alone and dazed on the edge of the swamp the next morning, I must insist that I know nothing save what I have told you over and over again. You say to me that there is nothing in the swamp or near it which could form the setting of that frightful episode. I replied that I know nothing beyond what I saw. Vision or nightmare? It may have been. Vision or nightmare? I fervently hope it was. Yet it is all that my mind retains of what took place in those shocking hours after we left the sight of men. And why Harley Warren did not return. He, or his shade, or some nameless thing I cannot describe, alone can tell. As I have said before, the weird studies of Harley Warren were well known to me, and to some extent shared by me, of his vast collection of strange, rare books on forbidden subjects. I have read all that are written in the languages of which I am master, but there are a few as compared with those in languages I cannot understand. Most, I believe, are in Arabic, and the fiend-inspired book which brought on the end, the book which he carried in his pocket out of the world, was written in characters like I never saw elsewhere. Warren would never tell me just what was in that book. As to the nature of our studies, must I say again that I no longer retain full comprehension. It seems to me rather merciful that I do not, for they were terrible studies, which I pursued more through reluctant fascination than through actual inclination. Warren always dominated me, and sometimes I feared him. I remember how I shuddered at his facial expression on the night before the awful happening, when he talks so incessantly on of his theory why certain corpses never decay but rest firm and fat in their tomes for a thousand years. But I do not fear him now, for I suspect that he has n- known horrors beyond my ken. Now I fear for him. So you guys kind of know what kind of yep. story this is. Now there's quite a bit of words that I'm uh, throwing out there. 
He gets worse. <laughs> Hopefully I can pronounce some of these words right. The only thing scary about this is the vocabulary. Trying to get things pronounced right? Yeah. Once more I say that I have no clear idea of our object on that night. Certainly it had been had much to do with something in the book which Warren carried with him. The ancient book and undecipherable characters which had come to him from India a month before. But I swear I do not know what it was that we expected to find. Your witnesses he saw us at half past eleven on the Gainesville Pike, headed for the Big Cypress Swamp. This is probably true, but I have no distinct memory of it. The picture seared into my soul is one of one scene only, and the hour must have been long after midnight, for a waning crescent moon was high in the vaporous heavens. The place was an ancient cemetery, so ancient that I trembled at the manifold signs of immemorial years. It was in a deep, damp hollow overgrown with rank grass, moss, and curious creeping weeds and filled with a vague stench which my idle fancy associated absurdly with rotting stone. On every hand were the signs of neglect and decrepitude, and I seemed haunted by the notion that War and I were the first living creatures to invade a lethal silence of centuries. Over the valley's rim a wan, waning crescent moon peered through the noisome vapors that seemed to eliminate from, emanate from unheard-of catacombs and by its feeble, wavering beams. I could distinguish a repellent array of antique slabs, urn, cenotaphs, and mausoleum facades, all crumbling, moss-grown, and moisture-stained, and partly concealed by the gross luxuriance of the unhealthy vegetation. My first vivid impression of my own presence in this terrible necropolis concerns the act of pausing with Warren before a certain half-obliterated sepulchre and of throwing down some burdens which we seem to have been carrying. I now observed that I had with me an electric lantern and two spades, whilst my companion was supplied with a similar lantern and a portable telephone outfit. No word was uttered, for the spot and the task seemed unknown to us, and without delay we seized our spades and commenced to clear away the grass, weeds, and drifted earth from the flat archaic mortuary. After Uncovering the entire surface, we consisted of, which consisted of three immense granite slabs, we stepped back from some distance to survey the charnel scene, and Warren appeared to make some mental calculations. Then he returned to the sepulchre, and using his spade as a lever, sought to pry up the slab lying nearest to the stony ruin, which may have been a monument in its day. He did not succeed, and motioned to me to come to his assistance. Finally, our combined strength loosened the stone, which we raised and tipped to one side. The removal of the slab revealed a black aperture from which rushed an effluence of miasmal gases so nauseous that we started back in horror. After an interval, however, we approached the pit again and found the exaltations less unbearable. Our lanterns disclosed the top of a flight of stone steps dripping with some detestable ichor of the inner earth bordered by moist walls encrusted with nitre. And now, for the first time, my memory records verbal discourse. Warren addressing me at length in his mellow tenor voice, a voice singularly unperturbed by our awesome surroundings. I'm sorry to have to ask you to stay on the surface, he said, but it would be a crime to let anyone with your frail nerves go down there. You can't imagine even what you have read and from what I've told you, the things I shall have to see and do. It's fiendish work, Carter, and I doubt if any man without ironclad sensibilities could ever see it through and come up alive and sane. I don't wish to offend you, and heaven knows I'd be glad enough to have you with me, but the responsibility is a certain sense of mine, and I couldn't drag a bundle of nerves like you down to a probable death or madness. I tell you, you can't imagine what the thing is really like, but I promise to keep you informed over the telephone of every move. You see, I have enough wire here to reach to the center of the earth and back. Also, as you know, where uh, five words to do, uh, Lovecraft likes to use 25. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear in memory those coolly spoken words, and I can still remember my remonstrances. I seem desperately anxious to accompany my friend into those sepulchral depths, yet he proved inflexibly obdurate, 
At one time, he threatened to abandon the expedition if I remained insistent, a threat which proved effective since he alone held the key to the thing. All this I can still remember, though I no longer know what manner of thing we sought. After he had secured my reluctant acquiescence in his design, Warren picked up the reel of wire and adjusted the instruments. At his nod, I took one of the later and uh, seated myself upon an aged, discolored gravestone close by the newly uncovered aperture. Then he shook my hand, shouldered the coil of wire, and disappeared within the indescribable ossuary. For a moment, I kept sight of the glow of his lantern and heard the rustle of the wire as he laid it down after him. But the glow soon disappeared abruptly as if a turn in the stone staircase had been encountered, and the sound died away almost as quickly. I was alone, yet bound to the unknown depths by those magic strands whose insulated surface lay green beneath the struggling beams of the waning crescent moon. In the lone silence of that hoary and deserted city of the dead, my mind conceived the most ghastly fantasies and illusions and the grotesque shrines and mountains seemed to assume a hideous personality, a half-sentience. Amorphous shadows seemed to lurk in the darker recesses of the weed-choked hollow, and to flit as in some blasphemous ceremonial procession past the portals of the moldering tomes in the hillside, shadows which could not have been cast by that pallid, peering crescent moon. I constantly consulted my watch by the light of my electric lantern, and listened with fervish anxiety at the receiver of the telephone, but for more than a quarter of an hour heard nothing. Then a faint clicking came from the instrument. I called down to my friend in a tense voice, apprehensive as I was. I was nevertheless unprepared for the words which came up from the uncanny vault in accents more alarmed and quivering than any I had heard before from Harley Warren. He had so calmly left me a little while previously, now called from below in a shaky whisper more portentous than the loudest shriek. God, if you could see what I am seeing. I could not answer. Speechless, I could only wait. Then came the frenzied tones again. Carter, it's terrible. Monstrous. Unbelievable. This time my voice did not fail me, and I poured into the transmitter a flood of excited questions. Terrified, I continued to repeat. Warren, what is it? Once more came the voice of my friend, still hoarse with fear, and now apparently tinged with despair. I can't tell you, Carter. It's too utterly beyond thought. I dare not tell you. No man could know it and live. Great God, I never dreamed of this. Stillness again, save for my now incoherent torrent of shuddering inquiry. Then the voice of Warren in a pitch of wilder consternation. Carter, for the love of God, put back the slab and get out of this if you can. Quick, leave everything else and make for the outside. It's your only chance. Do as I say, and don't ask me to explain. I heard Jet was able to only to repeat my frantic questions. Around me were the tomes and the darkness and the shadows. Below me, some peril beyond the radius of the human imagination. But my friend was in a greater danger than I. Though my fear, I felt a vague resentment that he should deem my capable, deem me capable of deserting him under such circumstances. More clicking, and after pause, a piteous cry from Warren. Beat it! For God's sake, put the slab back and beat it, Carter! Something in the... <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> We're almost at the end. Something in the boy slang of my evidently stricken companion unleashed my faculties. I formed and shouted a resolution. Warren, brace up! I'm coming down! But at this offer, the tone of my auditor changed to a scream of utter despair. Don't! You can't understand! It's too late! And my own fault! Put the slab and put back the slab and run! There's nothing else you or anyone can do now! The tone changed again, this time acquiring a softer quality as of hopeless resignation, yet it remained tense through anxiety for me. Quick, before it's too late! I tried not to heed him. I tried to break through the paralysis which held me, and to fulfill my vow to rush down to his aid. But his next whisper found me still held inert in the chains of stark horror. Carter, hurry. It's no use. You must go. Better one than two. The slab. A pause more clicking than the faint voice of Warren. 
nearly over now. Don't make it harder. Cover up those damn steps and run for your life. You're losing time. So long, Carter. Won't see you again. Here, Warren's whisper swelled into a cry. A cry that gradually rose to a shriek fraught with all the horror of the ages. Curse these hellish things! Legions! My god! Beat it! Beat it! Beat it! After that was silence. I know not how many interminable aeons I sat stupefied, whispering, muttering, calling, screaming into that telephone. Over and over again through those aeons I whispered and muttered, called, shouted, and screamed. Warn! Warn! Answer me! Are you there? And then came to me the crowning horror of all. The unbelievable, unthinkable, almost unmentionable thing. I have said that aeons seemed to elapse after Warren shrieked forth his last despairing warning, and that only my own cries now broke the hideous sounds. But after a while, there was a further clicking in the receiver, and I strained my ears to listen. Again, I called down, Warren, are you there? And an answer heard the thing which has brought this cloud over my mind. I do not try, gentlemen, to account for that thing, that voice, nor can I venture to describe it in detail, since the first words took away my consciousness and created a mental blank which reaches to the time of my awakening in the hospital. Shall I say the voice was deep, hollow, gelatinous, remote, unearthly, inhuman, disembodied? What shall I say? It was the end of my experience, and it's the end of my story. I heard it, and you know more. Heard it as I sat petrified in that unknown cemetery in the hollow, amidst the crumbling stones and the falling tomes, the rank vegetation and the miasmal vapors. Heard it well up from the innermost depths of that damnable open sepulchre, as I watched amorphous necrophagous shadows dance beneath an accursed waning moon. And this is what it said. You fool. Warren is dead. There, there. That, Warren's the dead. Yeah. Oh man! Who would have thought? Spoiler alert! Ah, oh, I know it was at the end of the story, but still. I know. So, do you ever actually find out what that thing is, or does he just leave it to your? It's imagination? generally considered like a. Most of Lovecraft's works are connected. And it's generally assumed that those are like ghouls down there, which are basically intelligent undead. Okay. That eat people. Huh. So. I think I wouldn't like Lovecraft if I. Tried to read Lovecraft. Yeah, it's, it's hard to read. Like it's. I generally get by. There's a, a HP. Yeah, you could have taken out like. There's a podcast called HP words. Podcraft, or <laughs> yeah. they, which that's how I got into like knowing the stories is because they would just read the good parts and like let you know what the story was about, like what it was, how racist he was in that story because <laughs> he had he was super racist. Yeah, he was kind of not a great person. If you weren't, like, upper-crust white and uh, also uh, European, you were basically not you good. You were the worst. And ba- it was pretty bad. Some of his works, it, it creeps into more than others, but this huh. one is not racist. <laughs> the reanimator, uh, they uh, adapted a, mo- a lot of the stuff that happened in his stories, except one chapter they left out because it was super racist. <laughs> Matt, do you have a story you'd like to share? Uh, I just, I, I, I ever, I think last year I did this too, but I always like just the five word ones yeah. or some short shit. So, uh, <laughs> this is go, this is go a little quick. Uh, let's see. That one's kind of stupid. Living alone in the toilet's warm. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> we lost the internet access forever. <gasps> if, uh, your seat was warm and you're living alone though, isn't that like a feature? That that should be a feature, but if you don't have that feature installed, yeah. who could it be? Who's been pooping in, in my, my toilet? toilet. <laughs> you didn't flush. <laughs> the plunger's right there, my man. Yeah, I'd be more scared of a turd I didn't leave there than a warm toilet seat. <laughs> That's not mine. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> Red tube clip shared on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> That's very terrifying. Uh, alone in bed, the blanket shifts. Uh-oh. Uh, George Martin dies. The book's unfinished. Nah. Yep. We're getting the TV show. That's going to happen. Yeah, the TV show's winning. Uh, strangers, friends, lovers, strangers again. Yep. Wife screams at her funeral. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. 
She lied about birth control. That is terrifying. <laughs> Wake, work, eat, sleep, repeat. Um, That's just depressing. Yep. You woke suddenly, buried alive. The last person alive hears knocking. That'd be weird, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be the last person alive. Nope. That door was just closed. I think I think about that all the time. Yeah. It's different, different places. Uh, ooh, here you go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday. Oh, no, the weekend's never there. No! <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah. Narrow staircase, no shoes, Legos. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, I just saw my reflection blink. And uh, it enjoys you watch. It enjoys watching you sleep. That's Fucking what I got. it. Those Legos, man, though. That's terrifying. That, that is terrifying. That hurts. It hurts so bad. That should be in Saw right there. Right? That should be the next Saw movie. You have to walk <laughs> across a field of Legos. No! <laughs> and there's some D4s in there, too. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, so last year, I read uh, my favorite Poe story, uh, Telltale Heart. Yeah, that was good. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then this year... I was really surprised at how many people hadn't read this story. Um, I'm going to read The Cask of Amontillado. Oh, that's a good one. Amontillado. Um, and it's it's a really good one. It's 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 right up there with some of my favorite. Like, I really like Poe. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of really f- interesting stories. Uh, but I was surprised at how many people hadn't heard this one. Like, this is, like, the my favorite one of this, this all. This is, this is a classic. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Fortunato had hurt me a thousand times, and I had suffered quietly. But then I learned that he had laughed at my proud name, Montresor, the name of an old and honored family. I promised myself that I would make him pay for this, that I would have revenge. You must not suppose, however, that I spoke of this to anyone. I would make him pay, yes, but I would act only with the greatest care. I must not suffer as a result of taking my revenge. A wrong is not made right in that manner. And also the wrong would not be made right unless Fornato or Fortunato knew that he was paying and knew that he was knew who was forcing him to pay I gave Fortunato no cause to doubt me I continued to smile in his face and he did not understand that I was now smiling at the thought of what I had planned for him at the thought of my revenge Fortunato was a strong man a man to be feared but he had one great weakness he liked to drink good wine and indeed he drank much of it So he knew a lot about fine wines and proudly believed that he was a trained judge of them. I, too, knew old wines well, and I bought the best I could find, and wine, I thought, wine would give me my revenge. It was almost dark one evening in the spring, when I met Fortunato in the street alone. He smoked to me more warmly than was usual, for already he had drunk more wine than was good for him. I acted pleased to see him, and I shook his hand, as if he had been my closest friend. Fortunato, how are you? Montressor, good evening, my friend. My dear Fortunato, I am indeed glad that I have met you. I was just thinking of you, for I have been tasting my new wine. I have bought a full cask of of, of fine wine, which they tell me is... um, um, Amontillado. But Amontillado! Quite impossible. I know it does not seem possible... As I could not find you, I was just going to talk to Lutresi. If anyone understands wines, it is Lutresi. He will tell me. Lutresi, he does not know one wine from another. But they say he knows as much about wines as you know. Ho! Come! Let us go. To where? To your vaults. To taste the wine. No, my friend, no. I can see that you are not well, and the vaults are cold and wet. I do not care. Let us go. I am well enough. The cold is nothing. Amontillado. Someone is playing games with you. And Lutresi? Ha! Lutresi knows nothing about wines. Nothing at all. As he spoke, Fortunato took my arm, and I allowed him to hurry me to, uh, to my great stone palace, where my family, the Montressors, had lived for centuries. There was no one at home. I had told the servants that they must not leave the place, as I would not return until the following morning, and they must care for the place. This, I knew, was enough to make, make it certain that they would all leave as soon as my back was turned. I took down from their places on the wall two brightly burning lights. I gave one of these to Fortunato and led him to a wide doorway. There we, would, there we could see the stone steps going down into the darkness. Asking him to be careful as he followed, I went down before him, down under the ground, deep under the old walls of my palace. 
We came finally to the bottom of the steps and stood there a moment together. The earth which formed the floor was cold and hard. We were entering the last resting place of the dead Montressor family. Here, too, we kept our finest wines, here in the cool, dark, still air under the ground. Fortunato's step was not sure because of the wine he had been drinking. He looked uncertainly around him, trying to see through the thick darkness which pushed in around us. Here our brightly burning lights seemed weak indeed. But our eyes soon became used to the darkness. We could see the bones of the dead lying in large piles along the walls. The stones of the walls were wet and cold. From the long rows of bottles which are lying on the floor among the bones, I chose one which contained a very good wine. Since I did not have anything to open the bottle with, I struck the stone wall with it and broke off the small end. I offered the bottle to Fortunato. Here, Fortunato, drink some of this fine Medoc. It will help keep us warm. Drink. Thank you, my friend. I drink to the dead who lie sleeping around us. And I, Fortunato, I drink to your long life. Ah, a very fine wine indeed. But the Amontillado. It is further on. Come. We walked on for some time. We were now under the river's bed, and water fell in drops upon us from above. Deeper into the ground we went, past still more bones. Your vaults are many and large. There seems to be no end to them. We are a great family and an old one. It is not far now, but I can see you are trembling with the cold. Come, let us go back before it is too late. It is nothing. Let us go on. But first, another drink of your madoc. I took up uh, from among the bones another bottle. It was another wine of a fine quality. A de grave. Again, I broke off the neck of the bottle. Fortunato took it and drank it all without stopping for a breath. He laughed and threw the empty bottle over his shoulder. We went on deeper and deeper into the earth. Finally, we arrived at a vault in which the air was so old and heavy that our lights almost died. Against three of the walls, there were piles of bones higher than our heads. From the fourth wall, someone had pulled down all the bones, and they were spread all around us on the ground. In the middle of the wall was an opening into another vault. If I can call it that, a little room about three feet wide, six or seven feet high, and perhaps four feet deep. It was hardly more than a hole in the wall. Go on, I said. Go in. The Amontillado is there. Fortunato continued to go forward uncertainly. I followed him immediately. Soon, of course, he reached the back wall. He stood there a moment, facing the wall, surprised and wondering. In that wall were two heavy iron rings. A short chain was hanging from one of these and a lock from another. Before Fortunato could guess what was happening, I closed the lock and chained him tightly to the wall. I stepped back. Fortunato, I said, put your hand against the wall. You must feel how the water runs over it. Once more, I ask you, please, will you not go back? If not, then I must leave you. But first, I must do everything I can for you. But, but the Amontillado. Yes, indeed, the Amontillado. As I spoke these words, I began to search among the bones, throwing them to one side. I found the stones which earlier I had taken down from the wall. Quickly I began to build the wall again, covering the hole where Fortunato stood trembling. Montressor, what are you doing? I continued working. I could hear him pulling at the chain, shaking it wildly. Only a few stones remained uh, to put in their place. Montressor, ha-ha, this is a very good joke indeed. Many times we all laugh about it. Ha-ha, as we drink our wine together. Ha-ha, of course, as we drink the Amontillado. But is it not late? Should we not be going back? They will be expecting us. Let us go. Yes, let us go. As I said this, I lifted the last stone from the ground. Montressor, for the love of God! Yes, for the love of God. I heard no answer. Fortunato, I cried. Fortunato! I heard only a soft, low sound, a half-cry of fear. My heart grew sick. It must have been the cold. I hurried to force the last stone into its position. I put the bones... The old bones again in a pile against the wall. For half a century now, no human hand has touched them. May he rest in peace. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic. It is. But why are there all the bones down there? Already? Oh, because it was a crypt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, that's why all the bones were down there. And he buried his friend alive. That's what you get for insulting a Montressor, apparently. Yeah, but on the other hand, he promised him booze, and he didn't. And he did not deliver. Well, he delivered. He but delivered he twice with actually. the cheap stuff. Yes, he, he didn't bring out. Least, the... He should have at least broke another bottle open and just set it in front of him, so he could just just out of reach. Yep, yep. Well, the Amontillado is on the other side of the wall that I'm building right now. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Oh man, post stories are always fun. They just have they have a cadence to them that I really enjoy. Oops. And he's also probably less racist than Lovecraft was. Yes, probably. 
Well, that's not hard. Like, there's probably planta- there were probably plantation owners who were less racist than Lovecraft was. Yeah. But, all right, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in this week, and I hope you enjoyed our stories and whatnot, uh, or, I guess, our readings of the stories. Um, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindestudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindestudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week.